bonus time on the State of Combat Podcast Pro Wrestling Edition, Hot Fire Edition, if you will, the Man Edition, if you want, and I know you will. I am the man. Yes, she is. Her name is Becky Lynch. I am the Brian Campbell. This is the State of Combat. Hey, buckle up, all right? Put on that seatbelt. Put on that safety belt today. We have the man. A couple weeks out from Royal Rumble. Becky Lynch, the hottest thing going in professional wrestling today on this show. A long sit-down, detailed. Get some of this, folks. It's coming at you. Your boy, BC, and my co-host, that man again. Say hello to the bad guy. Oh, yeah. Silver kick. Get, I mean, get, oof, get ready for this. Hey now, you know, you use the tagline performance enhancing audio for this podcast. Maybe never more appropriate than this particular episode, because I'll tell you something, BC, during this interview, my performance was enhanced and coming out of this interview, I was ready to perform, baby. (laughs) Becky Lynch delivers for 26 minutes. BC and I got a chance to talk to her. Uh, you know, coming off of being named the 2018 Wrestler of the Year here at CBS Sports. She just so happened to be in the 2018 Moment of the Year and the 2018 WWE Match of the Year. So let's be honest, huge year for Becky Lynch, huge get for the State of Combat podcast. She may have been the only good part about SummerSlam. And those, you know, let's not forget there was one man willing to take a stand, willing to ruin friendships under those dirty bedsheets in Brooklyn that really wasn't in Brooklyn. You didn't ruin any friendships. You just turned heel against your audience. Somehow, the Silver King, playing heel for 18 months, became the babyface on that one night in Brooklyn. Yeah, well, it's over for babyfaces, as you know. Daniel Bryan's a heel Becky Lynch is a heel, despite what she might be about to tell you, which is a whole interesting debate altogether that we'll get into. But those dirty bedsheets happened. That was a bad night for sports entertainment. Becky Lynch started something that night that she is finishing. Well, not finishing. She's she's on the mountaintop right now. She's carrying it out. Can it get any bigger, Silver King? Can we get any better than the 2018 moment of the year? I mean, we absolutely can. And that would go down April, whatever day. Uh, in New York, or get technically in New Jersey, at WrestleMania 35. That's the potential oh. for a mountaintop moment. And a quick tease, we talk in the interview with Becky about, you know, is there anyone ever going to have that Daniel Bryan moment again, holding both titles on the top turnbuckle? And yeah, it's going to happen. There are going to be superstars who get super duper over in WWE over the rest of our lives, your lives, everyone's lives. But in the interim, in the immediacy, I think she's the one. I don't necessarily know if Seth Rollins beating a Brock Lesnar gets the same reaction this year as Becky Lynch beating a Ronda Rousey. That's fair. That's fair. Or Becky Lynch appearing on this show and just throwing everyone under the damn bus. I mean, there's no bread. There's no toppings in this one. This is straight meat with the Becks. Let me tell you Let me tell you a piece of meat that I enjoyed. <laughs> yeah, this interview, Silver King, did. we want the meat on this show. We got it. He don't want no water. He don't want no bread. All he wants is meat. Oh, I love Booker T. He's been looking jacked lately. Just just so you know, baby. Just so always, you know, always jacked. Always jacked. Hey, you want to get to Becky Lynch? Let's get it to her. Guys, we'll be on the back end of this to talk more Becky. Hey, talk about what happened this week on SmackDown, which was hot fire Becky Lynch continuing. But for now, sit back, enjoy. The man is coming at you. We ramp up for the road to WrestleMania 35. And you know, the big early stop, maybe the start is the Royal Rumble in the 2019 edition, of course, emanates from Chase Field in Phoenix, Sunday, January 27th, live on the WWE Network, 7 p.m. Eastern start time. You know someone who's probably going to play a big role on that card? Maybe someone who, quote-unquote, is the best thing going in the business today. You want to call her the man? You want to call her the myth? Hey, we're not far off from calling her the legend. Let me welcome in the CBS Sports Wrestler of the Year, Performer of the Year, the man, Becky Lynch. Bex, this is big time talking to you right now, considering how red hot you are. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me, and thank you for recognizing the man's talent. 
I know the man finally getting the spotlight. Just, you know, as our listeners know, this isn't, you know, men's wrestler of the year or females. This is the damn full boat. This is performer of the year, Bex, because you're coming off of six months that is really just insane. Encapsulate it for us. How do you even define where you're at right now, what you're going through after this turn at SummerSlam? It's been it's been spectacular. It's been a it's been a whirlwind, and it, it's been um, it's been such a, a roller coaster of emotions of highs and lows and every single emotion in between. Um, but uh, I, I I can't under understate how grateful I am. It's just I uh, I I can't thank the the fans enough. For believing me, for for putting me in that spot, for for wanting me to succeed like they have, and uh, I'm glad that people have recognised that that you give me the ball, and I'm going to run with it, and I'm going to keep running with it. It's crazy, Beck, because we talked to you a couple times right before SummerSlam. The day before, in the in the media day, I interview you on, you on camera, and we're talking about things like not. Why isn't WWE using you? Because you, you you were being used plenty. It was sort of like, why aren't you being used at the very top where we all know you can be? And, you know, you gave the, the perfect babyface answers that won all of our hearts. I never would have guessed, you know, 48 hours later it would change. I never would have guessed two months later you'd be the hottest thing going in the entire business. Did you have those? Did you have that secret in your mind? Did you knew, know it was going to launch and splash? Like this ultimately did this whole man change. One hundred percent, one hundred percent, and I think anybody that didn't see it coming might have had a little bit of a blind spot. And I know that you said you didn't, but uh, but with the trajectory, with with how how the fans were reacting to everything that I did, coming up from from uh, Money in the Bank, but even before that. Even before that, even though I was lower down on the totem pole, they always supported me, always believed in me. And I didn't see myself as a bad guy turning in that. I felt like, finally, I was saying what everybody thought. I was saying what I thought, what I'd wanted to say the whole time. And I was standing up for myself, and I was saying, enough is enough. I've been doing X, Y, and Z, which is carrying the freaking division for the longest time. And just give me the ball. And then when somebody is stepping in my way time after time and wants me to be relegated to their shadow, then it's nice to say enough is enough because I deserve better than that. I am more than that, and I'm taking more than that. And I'm sick of you standing in front of me. Well, you're 100% right there. And, you know, you've mentioned many times, including I think twice already today, the fans played such a massive role in this attitude adjustment character change. I'm just curious, and I know it's maybe a little sour spot, what went through your mind when you're backstage and they say, you know what, you need to go out and cut a promo against the fans after they've brought you to this point all of a sudden? So there was a lot going through my head on that day, right? Because we, I'd come off such a high um, from the reaction of the night before, from finally saying that I'm, I'm done with this, that I deserve more. And, and, and that's a very freeing feeling because you've, 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 almost felt shackled by a friendship for so long. I mean, kind of, you say, well, I'm, I'm, I'm taking off these chains because the only person that's bounding me down right now is you and me by allowing it, and I'm taking it off. And then, and then, uh, and then I think everybody thought that I was going to be the bad guy because of that. But I don't think that it was because I think anybody can relate to that person that always wants you to do good but they don't want you to do better than them ever. And they don't really want you to succeed maybe to a level to where you're content, but never to where you're truly happy, never to where you're truly soaring. And I think everybody has that feeling. They have that person who everything comes easy to them, everything is handed to them, and there's no struggle. Unfortunately, that's not most people. That's not most people. And I, when I went out there, I was going through a lot of stuff and, uh, I was questioning a lot of things. And the one thing that I did question was, and I could feel it from the fans too, because when I said it, I said, uh, well, when Charlotte stole the win from me, you got off and you cheered a new champion. You weren't that upset, were you? Well, and I think people agreed with me. They did stand up and, and cheer a new champion because she had left it from me. She'd 
she weaseled her way in like a flare does into a match where she didn't belong. And she did what she did. She does. She's an opportunist. And she stole that opportunity for me. Another thing that a lot of people are connecting with is that enough is enough attitude that you kind of just mentioned. So whether you were backstage, at home, on the road, what was the moment where you kind of actually decided it's time for a change, whether they like it or not, I have to take more of a control in my career? I think it's being progressive. I don't know that there's a defining moment apart from that. The, 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 the physical moment and the moment the world saw was a summer slam. Right. But I think it's been building for such a long time. It really has. I mean, if you go back and you look at any of my interviews backstage or whatever, I've been saying the same thing for a long time. Is that I keep getting overlooked. I keep getting taken advantage of and I need to change. And I kept saying, I need to change. I need to do something different. But I think I just, I didn't, sorry for lack of a better term, I didn't have the balls to do it, really. Or the, 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 the I, I was still stuck in that mindset of, no, let me, let me get along with everybody. Let me do the right thing. Let me not ruffle too many feathers. Let me ruffle a few, but not everyone. Certainly not my best friend. And then when I realized that that was what was holding me down, it's keeping me back and, um, casting a shadow on me i was like no way you 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 ask me for advice you you're you rely on me and you're reaping the benefit well that that doesn't sound right surely i should be the one thing is i have the knowledge i have the ability i've paid i have paid my due in so many different ways she works hard but nobody works harder than i do or for as long Max, it sounds like you're able to exercise some of your occupational demons through this the man character. Would you say that's the truth? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. The man is a state of mind. It's and, and what I'm going out there and doing is I'm just telling the truth. And I think that's why people are reacting to it. That's why people are responding to it. Because it's just the truth that I'm saying. There's no words of a lie coming out of my mouth whenever I say anything. I'm just stating and unfortunately, they're not said often enough, and they're not said loud enough to to a, a large enough arena of people. But now I'm doing it on every single platform that I have. So whether it's on Twitter, whether it's on Instagram, whether it's on a WWE show, on on Raw or SmackDown, at a pay-per-view, in a backstage interview, whenever I get the chance to come on your show and talk like this, I will get, I will stand out there and I will spit the fact. You know, it's real clear that you have the gift of gab, and one of the things that's helped you get over and so popular so fast has been this promo ability, this ability to talk. Since we're speaking about truths here, true or false, did anyone ever actually say to you in WWE or anywhere else that they didn't think you could cut a good promo because of your accent? Is that true? No, nobody ever said that to my face. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if some snakes in the dick over saying it behind my back, but I prove them wrong too. I love proving people wrong. It's one thing to prove people right, and I love doing that, but it's a whole other kettle of fish to go out there and be able to prove people wrong. Love it, love it. Bex, you uh, dominated our uh, voting panel on our postseason awards at CBS Sports, and one of the awards was Moment of the Year. You had already entered the category of Red Hot at this moment, but November 12th, 2018 on Raw really took it to a whole new level. We're talking about Kansas City, Missouri. You lead the invasion from SmackDown to Raw ahead of Survivor Series, the attack on Ronda Rousey. But, I mean, if it had ended there, it could have been a moment of the year. But it's certainly between the punch from Nia Jax, it went to a whole new level. To the level, Bex, where we're saying this is your version of Austin's 316. It did seem to cross over. Maybe not Austin levels. Maybe you, you can argue it. But this crossed over maybe farther into the mainstream than it should have, than it was written and booked to. This was an insane night. Can you walk us through this? Um, so I will walk you through to the best of my recollection. <laughs> so, um, because I came in that night, I faced Rhonda down in her own locker room at her own show, and I had her topping out in her own locker room. 
right? And she can say whatever weirdo little comeback that she comes up with, talking about her pants down or whatever. I don't want to talk about her private life. But when you look at the pictures, she clearly had her pants on and uh, she was tapping. She was in pain. She was screaming in agony. And when I was done with that, then I walked out into the arena and I owned the entire Raw women's locker room. And then I got sucker punched by a woman twice my weight. And I rolled to the ropes, regained my composure. Now, we should all know at this stage, I'm completely out. I don't remember anything. My memory is gone from that moment. I am just, I am out on my feet. So I'm running on autopilot. But as it turns out, my autopilot is a badass too. So then I, uh, I, I, I beat up the entire row in the locker room. Then I own Ronnie again, lay, lay her down in the middle of her ring with a steel chair, and I walk out on top, on top of the steps with the whole fans cheering, and I'm from SmackDown. I come to Raw for ten minutes. 10 minutes of the entire year, and it's the highlight of their show. Uh, well, look, that's the highlight of the year, and a part of what made it <laughs> amazing was the blood in a PG era. Uh, Naya turned into the queen of strong style in that moment. I don't assume it was planned, but would you agree that this was the luckiest bit of luck that took this from a great moment to an all-time great moment? Um, yeah, I would, it, so it, to be honest with you, it was a struggle afterwards, um, uh, because, uh, when you get concussed, it, it does things to your mind, you know, and I just wanted to get back in the ring and, and I, the doctors were, were rightly protecting me because I would have been, I would have been right there wrestling the next night. I showed up at TV the next night. I was, I was arguing twice, um, but they held me back. And I think when you're, when you're on top, Right, and and you've worked so hard to get there. You're 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 worried of anything derailing you, and especially because I've seen it before. You know, like there's been things that have happened, and and it slowed my momentum and it's taken me out of the game. And I refused to let that happen again. I refused because I worked too hard to make this happen and to make people care about this and this storyline and about the women's division. And and about the the show in general, that I just I I was battling with that to be honest with you. I just didn't want anything to to slow my momentum. And then I had to watch Charlotte Flair step into my role. And clearly, you hug people you don't like when you're concussed. Because I didn't know what I was doing. Wouldn't have ever hugged her in a million years in a sober state. <laughs> and um, uh, uh, I had to watch her try to be bootleg Becky at Survivor Series acting like she's me, thinking she's tough, thinking she's edgy. That woman couldn't have any edge if she turned into a Rubex cube. But, Bex, in your business, there's this thing called a receipt. Uh, did you cash that in on old Nia Jax? Is this a backstage thing? Speak it, Bex. Speak truth to us here. You owe her one. Oh, but I, I did. I left her laying after her match at, at TLP. I walked right up to her. I said, hey, remember when you broke my face? And then I punched her right in her face. And then I said, get my name out of your mouth. Because she keeps spitting my name out there because it's the only thing that's keeping her relevant. <laughs> Great stuff. Great stuff indeed, Bex. Uh, your award season continued with, uh, look, this is a, a shocker for me that this turned out to be the match of the year, this TLC match. And I say that because there was stiff competition coming in. This was a late entry. And then you guys stole the show at, at TLC with this triple threat here, and you stole our hearts with the match of the year with Asuka and Charlotte Flair. Um, what made this match amazing was not that Becky's so red hot and she carried it. It's that all three raised their game to an insane level for women's wrestling to a level that we knew was there, but to be smacked in the face with it, it was crazy. I feel like in real life here, Charlotte Flair knows how great the man is, knows she's having an Austin-like ascension, and is trying to raise her game to that same level. 
And in this match, she damn near did, Bex. Not to my level, but everybody's raising their game. And I think that's the best part about it, is that you keep... When you when you improve yourself, right? And this goes for every walk of life. When you hire your standards and you want better for yourself, then uh, and you stop lowering yourself down to everybody else's level and say, hey, look, I'm better than this. Come meet me up here. Then people start opening their games, and it's better for the entire industry. It's better for the fans, and it, 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 it's better for the performers because they challenge themselves. And that's what we need. We need everybody challenging themselves right now. And I love the challenge. Everybody step up to me because there's nobody that can outwork me. Yeah, rising tides. I mean, we're seeing it here. We're seeing it. What a time to be a fan. What a time to, <laughs> to be Becky Lynch. Look, I know you're not going to tell us the WrestleMania booking. I don't even know if you know the WrestleMania booking. But from us who do a weekly podcast and speak it what we think, I feel like you've kicked the door down, not just for this might be the year that women main event WrestleMania, but that Bex needs to be in that match, whether it's two wrestlers, three wrestlers, whether it's one wrestler and you wrestle yourself. Bex, I feel like you've forced your way into every conversation. I, as a fan, need you to main event WrestleMania. Can you do that for me? I need it, too. Absolutely. That's my goal. That's all I think of it. That's what I'm thinking about from the minute that I wake up to when I go to sleep. And then when I'm sleeping, I'm dreaming about it. I just feel like there's been a difference between, you can maybe call it a little bit, the manufactured first-time evers that we had a lot over the last two years and people thinking, you know, it's finally time maybe for the women to main event WrestleMania. That's not the case, at least for me anymore. For me, it's this is the best feud going in WWE right now. It needs to main event WrestleMania, and anything else would be a disservice to fans and everyone watching and paying tickets to go see this big show. Is that how you feel now that no longer is it that the women are being put in these positions to give them opportunities, now you are maybe leading the charge a little bit towards taking those opportunities. You know, thank you for saying that. And that means a lot to me. I've been saying that for a long time, is that that's where I wanted it to get to, to where it's not seen, seen as, a, as, a, as a gesture of, of, okay, girls, give it a try, of no, we can't deny these women. They have the best storylines. They're putting on the best matches. There's no, there's, there's no other option for them to be the main event. And that's what happened to TLC. And it wasn't made a big deal out of. It was just fact. And it, like I said, it's all about stating facts. These women have the most compelling story going. Let's put them on last. Let's see. Let's, let's let them deliver. And deliver they did. Match of the year, he said. Um, and so I think that's the exact same trajectory for WrestleMania, and I will do my damnedest to make sure that people care about this more than they care about anything else. That's and and that's that's my goal to get people invested, get people involved, to to make sure that it is a fight that they want to see and a fight that I will deliver on. Wow. Wow. All right, Bex, I got to hit you real quick before we run out of time about your social media presence and how this might be like. For me, fifty uh, percent of why of why what you're doing is so good right now. Uh, you, you're going after everybody on social media. Sometimes it feels like a really fun work. Sometimes it feels like you're shooting live rounds back. I don't know which feud I want to mention first, but uh, Road Warrior Animal not happy with the backs. You're coming. Uh, you're coming full fire at this guy. That's where the fun is. That's where the fun is. You know, if you, the thing is, if you're going to say anything about me, just prepare that I'm going to come back at you. And if you're not prepared for that, well, then I would advise that you get my name out of your mouth. I was scared to tweet the award at her. <laughs> I was like, what does she take? What does she take the wrong way? Yeah, I think Road Warrior Animal is going to get these hands. And Bex, on social media, you're also crossing lines in the Ronnie category to areas where some of her opponents haven't gone, and that's maybe exposing that the end of her MMA career and the way she handled defeat maybe wasn't becoming of her image, and you leaped over that line, Bex. Is that a... Um, uh, tell us about that. <laughs> so before... Like, you know, let's talk about lines first, right? Before, there were so many lines that I wasn't willing to cross to get ahead. 
now there is no lines that I won't cross. Just say it. And 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 if that's calling out Ronnie on facts again, facts, and I'm gonna state them because they need to be said because she can't go around talking like she's this tough champ when she hasn't been tested. I have been tested, and I said it. My confidence doesn't come from knowing that I'm unbeatable. My confidence comes from knowing I can take a beating and stand up and keep going and keep fighting. And even if I'm out on my feet, I will fight until I can't fight anymore. Well, that confidence is extending past the women because, you know, we saw a couple months ago, you going right at edge. And then we saw about a week ago, you going right at John Cena. What was that like uh, on Tuesday night, that holiday edition of SmackDown? Oh, uh, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun standing with uh, with somebody who's reached the top of the mountain yet again, and uh, being able to go face to face and say, "Hey, John, don't worry about it. I got it now." You've always talked about how you wanted people to step up, well, I stepped up, and I'm stepping up, and I'm staying up. You got any truth about John Cena's hair for us? Um, it's uh, it's uh, it's, it's grown out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's grown out. It's not grown on me, but shout out to John. Hey, by the way, that interaction, that interaction was so red hot. People are actually like, this is not a joke. I want an intergender match, Becky versus Cena at Mania. This is becoming a Twitter topic. Your thoughts on that, Beck? I, I would absolutely love it. I would love it. John Cena is one of the greatest of the, that we've ever seen. And he is where he is for a reason. But I am where I am for a reason. And I'm going to stay here for a long time. So I would, I would like that much. I would not turn that much down for nothing. Back this, as long as it's the main event. That's, that main event in WrestleMania. That'd be... <laughs> If WWE wanted to press the button on that, those are the right two people to do it. That would be incredible. Beck, the cool thing about talking to you right now is we, a lot of us enter this interview with, Becky's a really cool person, and she's playing this heel character really well. And I think a lot of us are going to exit this interview going, I think Becky figured out how to take her real personality and put it into a character. I don't. I mean, you're blurring the lines of what's babyface or heel here because I can tell, I can feel that so much of who the man is actually is the real Rebecca Quinn, not not Becky Lynch here. And I want to commend you for that, of course, and I think that's why it's working. I'm dying to know what the Vince McMahon reaction is to the man at the moment. I think he's sitting backstage. He's counting the dollars as they stack up because of the man, and he's, he's uh, licking his lips and he's saying, well, good job. <laughs> <laughs> Well, well done, well done there. I saw your uh, your nice Christmas gift from Conor McGregor. It, it was proper. It was proper. I haven't I haven't opened it yet, but it was a proper a proper Christmas gift. Pour one out for the Irishman, indeed. Uh, I, pour- really, yeah, I didn't get him anything. I should send him a man shirt or something. I think I think he's doing okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I think I think he's, right. he's still cashing them checks. Um, I want to close with this, Becky Lynch. Uh, we're going to see you at the Royal Rumble, of course, January 27th, Chase Field, Phoenix, Arizona, 7 p.m. Eastern on the WWE Network. We don't know exactly what we're going to see you in, but that should come soon. It's probably going to be hot fire regardless. Um, your character turn has been, uh, I, I use the word a little healy. It's maybe you're just speaking truth, but it's it, there's some grime in there. There's some passion, energy. There's some rule breaking. There's some I don't give a damn. Are we at a point in wrestling where the idea of the pure white meese 2014 Daniel Bryan babyface standing at the top of the ring with the title at the end of WrestleMania, is that over? Can somebody get over to the level that the man is without breaking a few rules? I don't know. I tried for a long time without doing it. I tried doing everything the right way, the clean way, without using nefarious means. And right now, I don't think I'm doing anything wrong. I'm just sitting fast. Um, and whether people like that or hate that, that's up to them. But I'm going to keep telling the truth, and um, regardless. Uh, so I don't, I don't know that. Um, I don't know that the white meat baby face is done and dusted. Uh, all I know is that I tried for a long time and I tried doing the right thing, and it, it just it didn't work. It didn't get me to the level where I wanted to get to. And that's why she's the so man. If anybody else wants to try, good luck to you. I am the man.
Indeed she is. Becky Lynch, it's been a pleasure to talk with you. Best of luck taking uh, this this turn and just kicking the, the, the roof off. I mean, you're going to, to new levels. I don't want to see it end. Thank you so much. I very much appreciate you having me on. Oh, yeah. Wow. I'm all in. I'm all in, Brandy. Wow. I'm all in Becky. Gross. But no, no, not gross. Well, a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't mean it like that. I'm all in with Becky. I'm all in about Becky. I'm all in with uh, the man, Becky Lynch. Um, look, we've done a lot of interviews on this show, and it's kind of me rehashing the same thing I say after a lot of them. I think this was our best one yet. I'm going to keep bringing it back to that. When you have the man, the hottest thing going in professional wrestling today in the studio with us, it doesn't necessarily get better than that, BC. Um, she took everything that I expected her to say and took it to another level. The, the, the line about Vince McMahon just counting the money and laughing and licking his lips. <laughs> her response, because what's she going to say? Well, yeah, he didn't really believe in me in the past. You know, she's not going to say that. She's going to go, well, he loves it now. And he does. He must. Uh, that yeah. was great. I mean, the line about the the man having balls that big. I mean, everything was per- so she, what she did successfully in this interview. And look, we have a lot of great interviews. We have a lot of disappointing interviews. We don't necessarily throw that person under the bus on this show. But we have well, he rest- never be- listen. He never bangs Sonny. So that well, that is a- <laughs> that is still a hundred percent true. Uh, just say for the record, I was not banging Sonny. Well, maybe you should have. Maybe I mean, I'm just saying. Looking back, maybe you've had some sunny days, my friend. Not Brett. Brett's Brett's but having some fair, dark days. But to be fair, that interview actually was not disappointing. No, no just... the interview was great. Seriously, for all we can yeah. say about Brett throwing us under the bus, the interview was great. The point is, sometimes we get wrestlers on here who stay in kayfabe and don't get out for the wrong reasons. What Beck pulled off in this interview was gray perfectly gray why do, call, meaning, why do you call her beck uh because it's short for becky which is her name yeah but bex is the cute nickname that <laughs> well maybe her and i have our own thing maybe, maybe she's not like this like i don't even know what country he's from but like this terrible singer like yeah, she's beck odelay yeah yeah i'm not i'm not down with that beck i'm down with this beck sorry go ahead belt uh beck belt um but here's the thing she she, she swam in kayfabe for a little bit but it was hilarious, and then she would weave back into real life in ways that really were gray. And I think the way I sort of summed up at the end of that interview, where I came in like a lot of people thinking, "Wow, she's doing really good at playing this heel." She, you know, she's doing a little bit of Conor McGregor, a little bit of Steve Austin, a little bit of her own shtick. I'm not really sure if it's a shtick anymore, and that's a credit to her and how perfect she is in the skin of this character at this moment to the level where it might not actually be a character. We may have been fooled all along, Adam, that babyface Becky was who Rebecca Quinn really is. Maybe now that she has the uh, the filters gone because it's, it's where her character's at, maybe this is who she really is. And I think that the fact that it's gray is such a testament to what she's doing. Yeah, well, I think, look, they say that the best possible wrestling character that anyone can be is their real personality dialed up to 15. So this is the side of Becky Lynch that had been internal for the better part of a decade, now coming out and dialed up to 15. She believes the things she's saying, and her character on screen, the man, is what Rebecca Quinn had to deal with internally off screen, the disappointment, always being overlooked. Charlotte and and really Sasha for a few years, getting every opportunity, not her. Bailey was a champion. In fact, she was rushed to being champion. While Becky just got the, oh, you're the first SmackDown Women's Champion. Okay, and now you're not going to touch the title for two years, right? So she's had to deal with all of this, and now she has free reign finally to express all of it in a constructive and and character-developing manner. So, look, do I think that the interview that we got from her is all, you know, how she acts in real life and how she talks all day? No. It's still her in her little character dialed up you know, to 15. Um, and we've seen for years the sweet, you know, Rebecca Quinn person who drinks tea with Charlotte and has all these fun little Instagrams. And that's part of her character too. The difference is we never saw this side before. Now we're seeing it. It's being thrust front and center and it's better than the other side. Oh, I like nasty Becky Lynch better than sweet Becky Lynch. It's definitely thrust. There's no question about it. Uh, Dean? Dean Ambrose looks like he wants a piece of this pie. He still does, by the way. He's, still, he's probably still getting it. You know, remember we saw him with that champagne bottle? Wow, wow. Well, way to go, Dean. My point here is this. I said it during the thing, the Rising Tides thing. 
I really believe because Bex is doing her own Steve Austin thing that Charlotte non kayfabe is like, I'm not letting this happen. I'm not letting this be the Becky era, not only in character, but in real life. I am here to remind you who I am. I am Charlotte Flair. Adam, from the moment Becky got red hot, like like red hot as a heel, basically right before the Rousey Bloody Nose attack, like right when we're like, oh my God, this is great. I feel like Charlotte's done the best work of her career from that moment. Well, like, from a character work standpoint, yes, in ring, even though she's been great debatable because she's usually very good in the ring, I think her and Becky are bringing out the best in each other. It's an Austin Rock scenario where yes. they just get better and better the more they're in the ring together. Austin, uh, Bret Hart, you know, that type of – Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart. It's it's two people who have a real-life relationship. Now, unlike maybe Shawn and Bret who hated each other, they actually like each other. But they have a real-life relationship, and you're seeing that come to play both in the way they play off each other and in the way they now go head-to-head with each other because they know personal things about one another. So even the social media tweets, even even the little shots, they mean a little more because they're a little bit more real than they otherwise would be if you're going at it with someone you don't really know or you're not actually friends with. So I think that plays a huge role in it. But there's no doubt that Charlotte recognizes what Becky's doing and is stepping up her game to match her. Look, Becky's the hottest thing going in WWE. Charlotte was the MVP of the TLC match. Like, that happened for a reason. She didn't She didn't want Becky to be the star of that match. Asuka won the damn thing. Charlotte was the star. Yeah, and she's, she, it, you're right. The Austin Rock thing is interesting because we thought it, it would have and should have been, if we're being honest, Charlotte and Sasha being the female Austin Rock of this era and being the, the Trish and, uh, and Lita, you know, 2.0 rivalry in 2016 was amazing. The second half, what they had. Obviously, Charlotte, or Sasha's booking is going in the wrong direction, although she's kind of making a little bit of comeback now. But, man, Becky has she's, – she's grabbed that brass ring, all right? What's that word? It's two letters that Becky has. She has – Straight fire? I'm, I'm bringing you up to hit the it button, and, and you're just – Wow, wow. You sh- are you saying that I – Is the soundboard that messed up? Oh, it's just, it's just so – it's vast. It's, it's just, it just disappeared. disappeared. We haven't heard it in like a month and a half. We're up to Maybe 11 two, pages three. on the wrestling show, 13 pages on the box. Should we show. try it's, it again? Should we try it again? It's a, yeah, let's try that one more time. Okay, so Becky Lynch has – it's like two letters. It's that one word. She has it. Ah, there it is. You know what she I don't have? It. You know what I – you know what – You don't have it. Thank you, Christian. You're right. You're right. You're right. All right. That's let's Christian? See. Yes, from, uh, from, TNA, from TNA. There's a lot of TNA sound that's out there. Talk about great. not having – Christian Cage, my man. I love that guy. Love that guy. Good Lord. All right. Uh, yeah, so let's get into what Becky did this week because um, it was fan-freaking-tastic. This triple threat match, Adam, Becky Lynch, Asuka. As- no, the winner would face Asuka. I'm off the rails. Who the hell was in this match? Charlotte this Carmella. The- I thought you were the name who was on the marquee, the man whose name was on the marquee. It was Becky Lynch, Charlotte, and Carmella for the number one contendership to the SmackDown Women's Championship, which is held by Asuka. And I know you want to talk about Becky. Before we do that, no one gives Carmella credit. Yes. I give Carmella credit consistently. I have maybe the last six months. Last year to this year, she is a totally different performer. Not only because of the heel-to-face turn, she's more entertaining, she's more likable, obviously, to the audience. As a wrestler, she has improved markedly over the last 12 months, to the point where in the past it was like, oh, She's wrestling and she's got this opportunity because she's hot. Now it's like she can stand up to Becky and Charlotte. She has a move set and she's believable today as a potential women's champion at some point. Whereas a year ago, like, come on, how the hell is Carmella champion? Even with Ellsworth helping, how is she beating Asuka and Charlotte twice each? It was a joke. This is, an, this is a situation where they put the title on her and she actually improved because she had to go to these house shows and show up and wrestle every single week. Good for her. I She wasn't a highlight of the match, but she played an equal third role to the other two yeah, women. Yeah, you, you nailed it. She's actually maybe doing better work not as the champion in the ring than she was as the champion. She was really good on the mic as the champion. You really have to give her credit for her evolution. That tweet about not being a blonde, though. Hey, Carmella, you were a blonde like three, four, <laughs> four months ago. But uh, some... 
career until three months ago. Yeah. Someday on the uh, In This Corner After Hours podcast that we're going to have on Patreon where it's play for pay for play and we can say things. State of combat. The state of combat. Yeah, after well, hours. I think we'll call that this one In This Corner because it'll all be behind the paywall so we can't get fired. We'll tell that story. WrestleMania weekend in the bar with her and cast and y'all oh, got How's that for the ultimate tease, right? Wow, that was the highlight of my weekend. All right, moving on here. This match was pay-per-view quality. You got to give all three credit. It was great. You know, obviously it didn't have the upper room bells and whistles, but to be honest, it sh- I, my personal opinion, SmackDown's main event shouldn't have the pay-per-view upper room bells and whistles because it sort of waters you down. It was a really good TV match. Beck goes over. Holy Beck's- crap, Adam. Is Royal Rumble looking insane? And it's the actual individual matches that I'm more excited than the Royal Rumble. And it's the women's matches that I'm like two times as excited for than the men's. Are you kidding me? Becky, Asuka, are you kidding me? This might You're right about that. This might be the first time I don't give a damn about either Royal Rumble. Maybe it's because I have a feeling I know who's going to win. And maybe it's because there's just there's no real excitement in those matches because the biggest people in the company aren't, we think, going to be in them. But the people doing the best work right now are Daniel Bryan and Becky Lynch. And they're both in singles title matches against, for Daniel Bryan, the number one person in the entire company you want him to face in a singles title match. For Becky Lynch, probably the number one or number two woman in the entire company you want her to face in a singles title match, on at least on SmackDown, not counting Rousey, obviously. So... How does it get better than that? Like, look, they have the Royal Rumble. They at least recently have had the Royal Rumble, men or women, main event the show the last few years. And usually, I think it happens usually that way. It should not. Neither of these Royal Rumbles. You should have one open the show and one come in like third to last. The two main events of this show should probably be Becky Lynch, Asuka in the main event, Braun Brock, even though, I mean, we talked about that, you know, yesterday. Uh, that in the co-main, and then the AJ Styles, Daniel Bryan, I guess somewhere near that, right? Like, how do you not have either Styles, Bryan, or Becky Lynch, Asuka as the final match of the show? It's it's seriously not, you know, obviously not overplaying our hand to to give the women an extra amount of rub that they don't deserve. Like you said in that Becky interview, they fully deserve it. I want and need these to be the most important matches because I want to see what they can do. I want to see how they can keep raising it. And a quick note there, you you mentioned Daniel Bryan and Becky Lynch doing the best work in WWE right now, both after heel turns, which obviously proves us right that somebody like Roman Reigns, who acts like a heel most of the time anyway, should have been heel turned to get the most success out of him. And it goes back to that question I asked Becky about, you know, Obviously, Austin changed the game as a babyface in the late 90s who was a full-on heel, if you really want to think about it. I know he's going up against the evil authority, but he's always acting like a heel. That changed the dynamic, but, you know, you have the rare white meat babyface like a 2014 Daniel Bryan. Can it really work again? I mean, even Johnny Gargano is kind of a quasi-heel at the moment. Adam, who in wrestling right now could you say is a legitimate white meat babyface? I mean, John Cena. Who who else? Anybody else? Well- before, before I answer that, just real quick, uh, I know she's done this before in basically her entire career, but Tuesday night, uh, Becky did the Fez press and started punching, I think it was Charlotte, and I just, like, washed over me Austin. Like, yeah, I, I, yeah. I try not to compare her to Austin because I actually think she's more Piper and more some other people, but I just saw it, and I was like, oh, my God. Like, it's, it's, it was identical. It was just crazy. Um, no, we actually addressed this on last week's show. Finn Balor is a white meat babyface who is totally over. You could put the Universal title on him tomorrow. Merch sales would skyrocket. People would go crazy. They p- Fans love him and deservedly so. Johnny Gargano, you're right. He has. He actually did fully turn heel. And now it, I, I kind of have a feeling where that's going to go. But he was a white meat baby face for two years. And fans loved him. So he would totally work in that role. And Daniel Bryan one day when he eventually turns back, when they find him the right, you know, catalyst heel on the other side, he will work as well. Seth Rollins is a white meat babyface. I mean, he's uh, aggressive. He's aggressive, but he's not. There's no tinge of bad. Same with Styles. There is there's, the tinge because there's the storyline in Rollins that he used to be bad, and that and now the stuff going on with Triple H kind of teases you. Like I know Bryan joined the Wyatt family, turned heel, and then came yeah, back. Yeah, but as a face. in in kayfabe, he was uh he was like always he, always a face. In kayfabe, he was uh what manipulated mentally, right? What about when he was with a- with AJ Lee? 
Yeah, I guess I guess you can go back. Uh, it's, it's you, just, he, listen, this goes back to show, and, and you said it about Roman Reigns, and we've said it for Cena and Reigns. Vince refused to turn these guys heel, okay? What you need to put someone over even bigger as a face is for them to turn face. If they're always a face, there's no really there's no reason to keep loving them because it gets stale. AJ Styles got stale. They figured out a way to give him a little edge without turning him heel. They had to t turn Daniel Bryan heel. He was stale as F, okay? So they made they're making these things work and they're booking to their credit. It's working with these big guys. It's funny. Rousey fits in that conversation too. She's a monster pure babyface because of her celebrity, but she's going to do her best work as a heel and we all know it. She will do her best, absolutely, her best work as a heel. Maybe and probably if Brian no, with Shayna. There's no rules as a heel. You can make mistakes and it's part of your character. I mean, you could just be a, yeah. It's a, I mean, heel life is is uh, is everything. It's everything, you know? Yeah. The days of the but, Von Erics are over, okay? 2014. Turning it, to, turning it back to Becky. So a lot of people are concerned, and honestly, rightfully so, that Becky being in this match with Asuka prevents her from being in the Royal Rumble, which I do not believe and that actually may be a reason that this match does not main event. Maybe you actually have it second or third in the show. She doesn't win the title, enters the Royal Rumble, and then wins that. Because what you still want, ultimately, and we need to talk about the implications of this match, what, we, what you still want is Becky Lynch, Ronda Rousey. So there's only a couple of ways you can get that. If Ronda loses the titles to Sasha Banks earlier in the show, which I don't think is going to happen, enters the Rumble and wins it, or Becky Lynch, you know, uh, and in that scenario, Becky Lynch would have to beat Asuka. Or Becky Lynch somehow gets screwed or just Asuka beats her clean, then she enters the Rumble and wins it. Because it's cross-brand, so you got to figure out a way to make that match happen. Can't the, so how do you think they book it? Can't the Rumble winner, in theory, just pick Asuka? To, 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 if Asuka retains the title, can't the Rumble yes, winner— but then, but then, based on WWE normal booking, there would be a Raw Elimination Chamber match with the number one contender facing Rousey. So Becky's True, on SmackDown. They can fix that. All they need is a Becky run-in on Raw again, right? And it fixes Like, anybody knows this. It's actually kind of true in UFC as well. If you attack somebody or you or you call somebody out so viciously, you're going to end up fighting them. And it's well, sort of that's true. That's true. But they really are efforting to keep the brands apart outside of the one time every year where Raw and SmackDown go head-to-head -head in one-on-one -on -one yeah, competition. Right. Outside of that, you know, pay-per-view, they do try to keep the brands apart. So... They could do it. They can do whatever they want. They could literally just have Vince say, you know what? I don't care about anything. Becky's the challenger. They could do anything. But for it to actually make sense in their canon and storyline-wise, kayfabe-wise, I don't see how that works when I you would have that Elimination Chamber match. And I hope they're smart enough. Look, the last few Rumbles, I want to say the last two, three, four years, maybe you can pick a spot where I'm wrong, but you know, the two or three people that would have draw, drawn the biggest possible pop by winning Never did. Like when Triple H won it, storyline-wise, to give him his chance at Roman Reigns, it made sense. There were just other years, you know, Orton winning it, it I guess in the end it made sense yeah. in the Wyatt storyline, but it was terrible. There, there, was, there would have been so many – look, it goes back to this, and, and, and I'm not trying to bring this into another Revolution AEW discussion, but if there's going to be competition now, WWE's going to have to have the onus now more of actually serving and pleasing the fans. I'll give them credit. They're starting to do that more and more you know, on screen with the fake McMahon speech and also just look like, look around, right? We got Dan O'Brien as the champion, as a heel. I mean, things are really happening. So if this is a real thing and they care about the competition and they care about making Royal Rumble WrestleMania season matter, Bex is too friggin' hot not to have her win the damn Royal Rumble. There's a reason why Austin run won three of these, right? In like a four-year stretch in the prime of the Attitude Era because that's what the people wanted. This has to happen. Yes, they can creatively do whatever they want and cheat and, and play chess and move the pieces around and get the matches they want at Mania anyway, but Adam, it's got to be Beck. You, you have to, Bex, you have to have the big crowning achievement moments, and it's Austin winning the King of the Ring, and that's why I love the King of the Ring. They should bring it back. I, I say this all the time on this show. They can make it matter again. That's why you have Austin, like you said, win multiple Royal Rumbles. That's why you have Shawn Michaels win the Royal Rumble. You have the moments... Um, was it like Shawn Michaels and the British Bulldog entering one and two, right? And finishing the, as the last two in the ring. It's why you have the, the Bret Hart Lex Luger situations. You do these things in these events because they're, you, mem you remember them. Like you said, Randy Orton won the Royal Rumble. I would have remembered that if I was pressed, but I don't 
really remember that. Now, to their credit, Randy Orton was over as hell and still is over as hell. But for a match with Bray Wyatt when they're in a faction together, they could have set that up a myriad other ways. They didn't have to have him win the Royal Rumble for that to happen. They should have used that for the Raw brand. or Yeah, I think it was the Raw brand for whatever happened on that side. So, yes, you're right. You need exciting finishes to big signature matches. And the most exciting finish they can give us to the biggest signature match they have is Becky Lynch winning the Royal Rumble. And if you're going to do that, you need to have her lose to Asuka somehow or not win the title somehow earlier in the show, enter at number 29. And you win the whole, and she wins the whole. I match. mean, it, you can go really simple booking. You can have Charlotte cost her the match earlier, and then they have a big. Then, then, then they're the last two in the damn rumble to close oh the God. show. God, that'd be amazing. That's rocking Austin. Do it. That's what we want. I mean, come on. I need it. I need it right now. You treat me like a dog, and you expect me to smile. You remind me of a jackass. Give me the prime stuff. Put it in my veins, all right? No more of this, like, street crap. Give me the give me the, the factory-created drugs. They have it in their supply chest. Make it. So let me ask you a question. This popped into my mind. It's totally unrelated to this, right? But you had the Austin-Shawn Michaels WrestleMania match with Mike Tyson as the enforcer, as that whole thing, right? Is the only person in the world today who could play that role, Conor McGregor. Does anyone else, wow. could anyone else do it? No, nobody else could do it. No, Nobody else could really pull that off. I mean, you know, Floyd maybe could have a few years ago, but he wasn't liked. That's the difference. Like Tyson was loved. Even coming off of biting Holyfield's ear, Tyson was still a mixture of loved, feared, hated, all that. Conor has that same mixture of polarization. Like, in reality, Floyd, even in his prime, had a, had a really small fan base that actually loved him. Conor is the only, certainly, gift of gab, freestyle, ability to just walk into a situation and own it. And the connection with Becky as countrymen. And, and Ronda. So that's where I'm getting at. Oh, Could you imagine if WWE gave Conor McGregor $10 million, okay? And they just said, all, all we want you to do is that Tyson roll. Same amount of press, same amount of appearances on Raw, one WrestleMania enforcer appearance. And you are the enforcer between Ronda Rousey, your former contemporary, who I think they got along, right? They, well, Am yeah, they were peripheral friends, meaning like social media friends. But here's the thing, though. When you had Tyson, but, but, there was the built-in adversary against Austin. There was natural heat there. Where's the natural heat here? Well, maybe he stands up for Becky. Or maybe he comes in, you know, Becky's, you know, talking like me, trying to be me. I don't know. But you figure it out. You can book that. You don't need to worry about that with Connor. Connor can turn anything into anything, okay? And it seems like Becky can too. So I'm just wondering, is that – it really came to me while we were talking about this. Is that the greatest possible recreation, turning Becky into an Austin-like person? You know what I mean? And you, utilizing Conor McGregor in WWE, which you know they want. You know Vince wants that. That is. He's not going to get $10 million for it. What did, what did Floyd get? About two, two for uh, 10 years ago? He got two? What was that? He got two 10 years ago. All right. I mean, WWE's got a lot more money these days in theory. Yeah. It's crazy. It's interesting. Uh, that would be monster business. Uh, you, Wait, but the, again, you Conor almost McGregor don't need is it. The, Conor, Conor McGregor is the number one pay-per-view draw, correct? In yes. MMA or boxing. Yes, right. Because Floyd's not really drawing pay per views at the moment. Okay, so if you're you, what's the issue giving him seven million dollars to get hundreds of thousands of subscriptions on WWE? No, I, I, look, the, it's brilliant what you said, but the idea of Austin and Tyson was the anticipation of what happens if it gets physical and Austin and Tyson brawl. You just don't have that with the crossing of genders. So I don't know how many people oh. would be. Paying the nine ninety nine, I got to see Connor. Is he gonna, <clears throat> is he gonna brawl with Daniel Bryan or AJ Styles? You know what I'm saying? Like, you kind of miss that. Yeah, you're right. What if like I'm trying, trying to think of ways to make it work? Cormier steps up. I mean, Cormier, Lesnar, but Cormier doesn't still doesn't really have that true crossover. Uh, yeah, no one cares about him. I mean, Tyson was – I mean, the Tyson thing was so perfect because it was at the point of his career where he needed that job the most and he was the most viral and vicious. Like, it was, like, the worst time in his personal life. Like, he need it was just – So what if it was McGregor with Lesnar and Rollins? 
or Lesnar and Reigns if Reigns ever gets back to any type of you know well, there's a there's a the problem here is that Tyson at least was a heavyweight. Yeah, he was short. He was 5'11", but he's a heavyweight. So he can go in Austin's face and they can push each other. Conor McGregor's like 5'7", and, and yeah. fights at 155 pounds. So he's not surely not having any problems with Brock. You're poking holes in this. I thought I came up with something great. I mean, look, you want to I... put him in something with Rollins or something? But, yeah, but, you, but look, if you're going to use McGregor, it's got to be the damn main event. You can't just use him for, like, the, you know, in a Mickey Rourke role or something. I mean, come on. We yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Right. Anyway. Back to Becky. So do you still believe that the main event of WrestleMania is that triple threat that we are, you know, yeah, fully bought into? I do. And, and the reason is because you can't keep Charlotte out now. And I don't think they ever wanted Charlotte out. And I do believe that Becky kicked the door and enforced herself into this. And now you're seeing the work Charlotte's doing. That's why I think in real life, Becky is Charlotte is trying to keep up with Becky, like in real life. And she's keeping herself in this, plus the flair name in this. You know, I mean, look. Becky versus Ronda would be massive, but you add the flair name, you do add the attention of so many casual fans who are like, oh, yeah, he has a daughter, right? Isn't she wrestle? Isn't she good? You add that. And, yeah, look, it can't, you can't go wrong with this. And it has to main event. It has to. Don't, has do, to yeah. don't do something dumb. It has to. I don't yeah, care. I, I didn't, sorry. I didn't hate the idea before Becky went on this run here. I did not hate the idea of flair, Rousey, main event of WrestleMania, deserved or not. Those names make sense. Having this, you know, having that happen makes sense. Maybe Rousey has Shayna in her corner. Maybe Flair has her dad. Okay. Who knows? You know, however they were going to do it. But there is no question that this would be bigger and better and more exciting and have the potential where they thought maybe they'd have Flair be the first one to take down Rousey. Well, Flair was the first one to take down Asuka. Putting Boy. Becky Lynch over in that match would make her a megastar. Yes. But you just said Charlotte have her dad in her corner for this match. Becky have Shayna on the full-on four horsewomen in her corner, which if they're going to cash that in now, it could make Ron. sense. And then Beck have Connor. Oh, oh, because then you're saying, hey, Connor McGregor, we don't need you to carry a large load. We really just need you to show up and support an all-Irish Beck and get in Ric Flair's face and, you know, have a moment there. Uh, what would he do? You think Flair? Oh, man. Can you imagine Flair putting <laughs> Putting him Flair in and Connor interacting side. on like a go home raw or something like this is this is insane. There's wow. Wow. All right. That's it. Hey, we got to get wonder, out of this. I wonder, I wonder if even though Tyson was out of control in those days. OK, he seemed to be able to be kept un, under control when the system when the situation called for it. That's because he loved do you the think business. Connor, but do you think you could get Connor not to curse? Yeah, 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 yeah. Connor's Connor's a, of course a wild man and all that, but he's a he's a crazy like a fox. I mean, he's a genius in terms of uh, he knows what he's doing. If he's going to be a part of this, they could get him not to curse a hundred percent. Yeah, like how this turned into a Conor McGregor. It's my fault for bringing it up, but you know, yeah, yeah, it is. It is. Hey, great show, Bex. Thank you so much for joining us. And uh, she's moving mountains, and I hope it only continues. And I didn't mean to completely babyface myself, but look, you're talking to Becky Lynch. She's winning us over on the screen. She's winning us over on this interview. It's like, yeah, I'm openly rooting. I, I want her to be the first breakthrough on fire women's wrestler that is not doing it because she's on the Playboy magazine cover, that she's doing it because her work in the ring and on the mic is equal. Yeah, and that's what I said in the interview, and I'm glad she took that to heart, which is, you know, a lot of these first evers in WWE have been forced down our throats. First ever women's Royal Rumble, again, when I say forced down our throats, I don't mean that we didn't want them. They just over-promoted. It's the first time ever that three women are having a TLC match, you know? Okay, we get it. Every, it. We're glad that you're finally putting them on equal footing. You don't need to shove it down our throats every single time. But this is a situation where they deserve the main event, where their quality of work has them being the most compelling storyline in the entire company. And anything but Becky Lynch with Rousey, and or flair in the main event of wrestlemania would actually be doing a disservice to wwe and wrestling fans yeah that, that's very well said that is very well said and on that note we're out of here silver king thank you to becky lynch royal rumble sunday night what the 27th 29th how's that for a great plug somewhere yeah, in sorry. january probably it starts at 7 p.m though and it'll be on the wwe network streaming live don't forget um and don't forget if you're listening to this podcast for the very first time and the feeling a lot of you will be please subscribe 
State of Combat on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts. You can also follow us on Twitter at State of Combat. We have WWE episodes each week, and we also sometimes do instant analysis for major WWE pay-per-views. And we're still fielding reviews, by the way, on, on iTunes. It's all about the fight. Thank you. Thank you very much. We out.